And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to me to, see, to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment up by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that the, his wife spoke to him, this is the way your, ster, your servant treated me. His anger was kindled, and Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who, of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. You may be seated. Uh, I am sharing a sermon series on. Lord to success based on Joseph's life in Old Testament. And this is number four, series sermon number four. When you ask someone uh, on the street, what is success for you? Uh, you might get all different kinds of answers. But biblically speaking, success is finding and following God's will for your life. I've been repeating myself again and again. Success is finding and following God's will for your life. So it is the way that God is leading you. So it is process. Without this process, we cannot reach the place where God desires us to reach. So when you are following this journey, this, this uh, road, uh, you will face many different kinds of signs just like uh, we face many different kinds of traffic signs, like, like this. Remember I mentioned about the stop sign? If we ignore stop sign, you will end up getting tickets, right? Or you end up having a big accident. Uh, what about this? What is the sign? Make your turn, right? What is the spiritual uh, significance when you look at this uh, U-turn sign? I would say uh, repentance. Uh, many people tend to think repentance is stop sinning. But that's not really what repentance is. Metanoia in Greek uh, has a meaning of change of mind. That's what repentance means, change of mind. You know, sometimes uh, we tend to think if we stop sinning, that's repentance. But that's not repentance. I, I, I would say that's the resting. That's the taking a break. Sometimes, you know, like, we had lived, I mean, like, undesirable life that God, then we sometimes get a little sick of it, too. I think we need rest. So I'm taking a break. But that's not what true repentance is. Repentance is change the direction. Change the direction that God desires us to take. So sometimes God is, like, giving us this sign. Hey, make your turn. 
you gotta, the change takes, uh, start from the inside, inner self. We tend to, uh, we love to like challenge and try to change people's behavior. That's gonna happen. It's not gonna work. Unless the change comes from inside. Uh, there's no changing behavior. What about design? Detour. I want to talk about detour sign today. We face this detour sign, right? Often. Think about Joseph when he was 17. He was on the right track, fastest track. He got a favor by his own father. He was, his father was giving him all kind of colorful clothes and he was very self-centered, prideful person. But he faced sinkhole, right? Remember the part? That was detour. And he was sold to slave to the Egypt. That was another detour. And when he was in uh, the uh, Paribar's house, household, though he didn't speak the language, he somehow married very well. So he became a chief of the slave. Potiphar, Mr. Potiphar, entrusted him everything. So he was doing fine. He thought, hey, you know what? I, I think I'm get back to the right track. But he ended up in prison. He got forced to accuse by Mrs. Potiphar, right? Mr. Potiphar <laughs> seduced him, wanted to sleep with him, was begging him, won't you come to bed with me? And he said, no, I cannot do that. I'm a man of God. God sees every situation, so I cannot do that. He rejected because of that, he ended up in prison. That's another detours. In this life, we face many detours, right? You know, like when, like I see signs and you see signs all the time, and uh, similar. Uh, it has similarity to our lives as well. Look at this. Uh, I want to make few points out of that. Detours are on. Usually unexpected. I sit a lot of detours. I face a lot of detours, especially early in the morning. I come to church 5.30. We have a 5.30 early morning service, Monday through Friday. I try to come Monday through Friday. Saturday, I try to sleep, sleep you know, a little, take a break. And actually preparing for Sunday message too. But early morning, I face many detour signs. Especially when I have to speak on that Sunday, on that morning, I get a little nervous. Oh my goodness, I don't want to get late. late. Detours are usually unexpected. They didn't announce you. Just like Joseph. I mean, think about Joseph. He didn't expect that he's going to end up in prison for two years. No, no way. We were so strong one day, and next day we can be in the bed in hospital. One day, you are enjoying your job. Next day, you can get fired and looking for another job. You know, that, that's life. Uh, second point, uh, detours sometimes are on rough road. They lead to kind of curvy ways and rough road, right? They have to be driven slowly and carefully. In the same way, life detours are usually pretty rough. Sometimes we steer ourselves into some rough situation by the bad choice we make. 
But sometimes we are put on a detour by circumstance beyond our control. And in our lives, it is beyond our control. I thought about Joseph. I mean, I think he should get the word by resisting temptation. But he got falsely accused and in prison. When I read the passage, I thought to myself, that's not fair. <laughs> but God never promised that life is going to be fair. Life is not fair. But detours have to be taken in faith. About two weeks ago, I was heading toward the Fullerton area, Orange County area. One of our pastor staff, he got hospitalized. I mean, he was take, have, taking a, like, chemotherapy, and we wanted to go and encourage him. On the way, my uh, navigation said, get off a certain street. But another sign says, that street that I have to get off is blocked. So you got to take the detours. I don't know that area very much, but I have just followed the detour sign. Detours have to be taken in faith. Life is not highway, freeway we are taking. Sometimes it is a faith way. God is challenging us. Hey, just trust me. You know, I'm glad that we have a Bible in our hands. You know, Bible is such a precious gift God has given us, right? I consider Bible as a spiritual map, giving us directions, offering our directions. Simply have to take it, take them with faith. Yeah, I just take that. When he says make right, you just make right. <laughs> when he says make left, you just make left. When he says U-turn, you just take a U-turn. Go straight, just follow the directions. Detours have to be taken in faith. I want you to remember, when I thought about this the, uh, thought this week, I was so uh, encouraged, very encouraged. God has the destination in his mind. God has destination in his mind. When you take the detours, you get like, frustrated, you get scared. I've never been this road. I mean, God, what do I do? But thinking, remembering, God has destination in his mind. You know, God has special, specific, uh, custom-made plan for your life. Isn't that awesome? That, that, that's who he is. And we have to believe that. Today I want to share a simple uh, principle that through Joseph's life, there are three key characteristics in Joseph's life that allow him to survive sinkhole, resist temptations and recover to detours to find success. If we adopt these uh, same three uh, principles, qualities, you and I will be closer to finding biblical success too. Three points, simple point. One, uh, Joseph gave his best when, even though he had to take detours. You heard probably expression, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, right? Oh, this is too sour. I don't, I don't like lemon, you know. Like, but when life offers you, gives you lemons, just make lemonade. Some of us, they uh, not only make lemonades, but they're selling it. Ah, oh, they they make business out of it. Some of them, uh, they teach people 
how to make lemonade, how to make best lemonade. It, it is up to us. And Joseph, uh, when detour was offered to him, he, he just did his best make out of it. And, and look at the Genesis passage today. Uh, the Lord was with him. I love that expression. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted, granted him favor in the eyes of the person, prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge. You know, remember when Joseph was in the house of Potiphar? His, the owner gave him in, in the, the position of charging the whole household because he knew, the Potiphar knew that God was, Joseph was with, uh, God was with him. And the same thing happened in prison too. Remember the Pharaoh, when he, he trusted Joseph and gave entire nation to him, trust him. I mean, this guy is so special. Whatever he is, he's just throwing back shot. Why? I mean, how could he be so attractive person? How could he be so successful person? Because Joseph knew that God was with him. He was very aware aware-ing of God all the time. So whatever he do, whatever he does, you know, he, he had the faith that God entrusted him that, that matters, that things, even those tiny things. That's why he could give his best shot to glorify God. Think about that. When God is watching us, God has a special plan for my life. He's like guiding me, leading me, and always with me. I'll be, you know, knowing the fact that He's with me all the time, whatever the task God has given me, I think I'll do my best, right? Yes, of course. It is God-given task. Though it may look tiny things in worldly standard. That's the attitude we supposed to have. Joseph was faithful and diligent, even in the prison, because he knew it is from the Lord. When Joseph took a job, he worked as if, as if God was his boss. That's the attitude we have to have. Uh, Colossians says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. And it's important for us to have that, that uh, attitude. The lesson is very simple, I believe. We, if we are faithful and diligent in small things, God will entrust us the bigger things. To put it another way, if we think you are too big for the small job, you are probably uh, or really too small for the big job. Sam, Sam, guy named Sam once uh, had a job as an assistant uh, manager of working in a, a store named uh, Dime Store. One of his most unpleasant job was rotating of cleaning the employee's bathroom. But he decided he would make a game out of it and see if he could make it cleaner than anyone else. So he attacked the job with a passion. He cleaned the toilet as if he was going to drink out of it. I mean, that spotless clean. Sam later became the manager of the Ben Franklin store. Then the manager of several Ben Franklin stores. Then he started his own store in Rogers, Arkansas. And Sam, who probably know as Sam Walton, a founder of Walmart. 
You know, this is kind of a work ethic that we need to learn. Whatever the work that we are entrusted, we do it as if we are serving the Lord. Give our best shot. That's the way to go back to success. Second point, uh, Joseph didn't give up. Think about Joseph. He was in prison for two full years. That's what uh, Genesis 14 said. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the... Remember the king cupbearer? If you know the story, he, uh, Joseph interpreted the bakers and cupbearers uh, dreams, right? And he said, wow, because of your interpretation, I'm getting out of this prison. I will remember you when I get back. I will tell people that how innocent, how godly man you are. But he totally forgot about Joseph. He was in prison for two years. I'm sure Joseph had a struggle in his heart. Maybe to the point, I mean, resisting the Mrs. Pharaoh's temptation to seduce wasn't that hard. But the temptation of giving up was probably greater for him. But he didn't simply give up. Are you at the point in your life when you want to quit, give up? Ask your question once again. Are you at the point in your life when you want to give up? Don't, do not give up. Do you know why I say this? Because winners never quit and quitters never win. Genesis uh, Colossians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Guess who this person is? I want to guess who this person is. Uh, he failed in business at age of 22. Ran for registrature, uh, defeated at age of 23. Again, failed in business at 24, age 24. Elected to registrator at uh, 25. Sweetheart died at 26. Had a nervous breakdown at age of 27. Defeated for speaker, 29. Defeated for elector, 31. Defeated for Congress, 34. Elected to Congress, 37. Defeated, again, for Congress, 39. Defeated for Senate, for age of 46. Defeated for Vice President, age of 47. Defeated for Senate, age of 49. Elected President of the United States, age of 51. That's the record of Abraham Lincoln. He never quit. <laughs> One of the speakers at the conference asked the audience, uh, do you remember Thomas Edison, the inventor? Uh, he failed many times. Did he give up? Audience said, no, he didn't give up. Uh, remember the Wright brothers uh, who invented the you know, airplane? Uh, do you think they failed many times? Yeah, I think many times. Do you think they gave up? Never gave up? No, 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 no. Did, and another question was, did Mackenst give up? Did Mackenst give up? Everyone was kind of silent. Who the heck is Mackenst? Do you know who Mackenst is? He's the one who gave up. <laughs> History doesn't remember. Person who gave up. But you know what? 
The point what I want to make is this. God will remember. God will remember you when you don't give, when you don't give up. And same time, God never, He never gives up on you. He never gives up on you. Isn't that awesome? So we don't give up. He doesn't give up on me. That's why I don't give up. Last point. Uh, Joseph acknowledged God wherever he went. During all of Joseph's detours, he never stopped talking about God. I mean, when Mrs. Potiphar tried to seduce him, he said he could not do it because of God is watching us. When the cupbearers and baker asked him about dream, Joseph told him all of interpretations belong to God. And when he was brought before the most important, powerful man in, in the world, the Egyptian pharaoh, uh, this is what Joseph said. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to the pharaoh. I cannot do that. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. You know, Hebrewically speaking, you know what this means, but God gives you Pharaoh the answer he desires. It means God will give you the peace of mind you need. It is God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Joseph. He will give you the peace of mind. Only him can do that. The quickest way to get back on the smooth road uh, of life is to acknowledge the Lord in all of your situation. If, even if your situation looks so horrible, not comfortable, when you acknowledge God, that's the fast way, fastest way that we can get back to the, the, the road to uh, success. I love this passage. A lot of people know this passage. They memorize this passage. Trust the Lord with all your heart and not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. See, this is a road path that we need to take. He's going to make our path straight. All you have to do is acknowledge Him. Whatever the situation, whatever the route that we are in. Do you know a guy named Eric Little? Little? Eric Little? He was a, a runner. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie Chariots of Fire, he was the, one of the characters there. And he was fastest runner. And 1924, uh, he competed uh, Summer Olympic, which was held in Paris, France. And, uh, but he had some issue because he's a good Christian guy, yet when you look at the schedule, the 100, 100 uh, mirror uh, sprint uh, was scheduled on the Sunday. So he kind of, I don't think I can do this because Sunday I have to go to church and rest and worship God. And Scottish people were so upset. What kind of faith do you have? I mean, like, what the heck? You know, they were like so upset. They threw a harsh word on him. But I'm sorry, I cannot compromise my faith. So Olympic Committee suggested him to run 400 meters, which was not his main thing. He was a world record holder. 100 meters was vast. But 400 wasn't his thing. But he took it. Okay. You know, this popularity was really down because they hated him. You know. But on the day he was running for the 400 meters, he set the world record. He won the gold medal. 
reporter got shocked. How'd you learn that fast? 400 meters. You're like, wow. You know what he said? For first 200 meters, I ran like crazy. I really <laughs> gave my best shot. Next 200 meters, God ran the race for me. You know, when you acknowledge God, when you honor God, He's going to honor you. Simple as that. You know, amazing thing about this guy, Eric Nero, he became a missionary right after that. His popularity became, you know, like, so, I mean, everyone loved him after that 400-meter uh, race. Wow! But he just went to China to become a missionary. He gave his life 20 years, and he died at a young age. When I think about him, he, is a true, he was a true successful person. Maybe in worldly standard, maybe he wasn't. He died at a young age. Why? No, no, no. He gave his best shot. He threw his best shot. He ran the race, finished the race. As I was preparing this message this week, one song that constantly came into my mind. You know this song? Knowing you, Jesus. Knowing you, Jesus. Knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my own. You know that song? I like, I like the song. It begins with all I once held dear, build my life upon. It starts like that. And second uh, verse, now my heart's desire is to know you more, to be found in you and known as yours, to possess by faith what I could not earn, all surpassing gift of righteousness, knowing you, Jesus, knowing you. There is no greater thing. When you go through the detours in your life, I don't want you to forget God's plan for your life. I want you to know God's plan for your life. You know, going from one place to the other, like point A to point B, fastest way is to go straight. But life doesn't happen like that. You got so many detours. While we are going that you know, uh, route, we can complain after complain. We can even uh, curse God to the point of cursing God. God, what kind of life is this? Life sucks. <laughs> you know, you're just blaming everybody, parents, situation, yourself. You can be a bitter person or you can be a joyful person. Choices us. Choices is up to us. The key is this to knowing Jesus, loving Jesus. Knowing Jesus and loving Jesus. Christianity is not a religion. Again, Christianity is about the relationship. He's offering us. You live your life. I'm offering you the life. We have to start this life. Maybe some of us do not have the relationship with the Lord. He's offering us all the time. Simply come. Lord, I come as, as I am. And He's going to open His arms and He's going to embrace us.
It's going to welcome us. And you can, that's the way we start to have a relationship. That's how I started. When I was 17, I gave my life to the Lord. After the age of 17, there were many ups and downs in my life. But I never regret. He was so faithful. He was so faithful. And knowing him and loving him, that's it. And I wish you can hold on to that. Let's pray. Lord, Joseph discovered the secret. The secret is that knowing you and loving you is the most important thing. Since he knew the secret, he gave his best shot and never gave up. And he wanted to glorify you, acknowledge you in every situation, Lord. We want to be like Joseph. Lord, would you use us or lead us the life that we truly getting to know you and love you, Lord. Bless each one of us who are here today. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.